I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. And thank you to you. Some of the most beautiful patrons in the world, uh, which include Guy West MacDonald, Alex McQuilkin, Phil D, and Matt Dawson Jones, as well as everyone who's listening to us live. And we have a huge room of people listening to us in our Discord, and everyone is supporting us directly. Thank you. You can get access to our full length ad free show, our Patreon exclusive weekly sister show, Extra Message, and all the stuff that we bang on about every single week. Uh, but loads of people enjoy it, so I feel we have a point. And you can find out more at patreon.com forward slash. UK tech. Sorry for the absence of um, of episodes or, or episi, uh, if you no, wish. No, episodes. For the last couple of weeks. Um, I think we explained it fairly well in our Patreon uh, extra message that went out that basically the news borders, and so we didn't want to do one. There's no beating around the bush with Ian and I. If the news is tedious and we don't have anything to say about it, we don't do a show. Amazon has opened its first cashierless grocery store in the UK. I went to check it out in person, and I'll come to my experiences, or experie, if you will. No! Not <laughs> that! In a, f- <laughs> in a few minutes. For um, God's sakes! So Amazon opened the, this uh, cashierless convenience store. Um, it's the first time that the company's using its automated checkout technology beyond the shores of the US of A. It's over in Ealing, in West London, my old stomping ground where I lived for five years. Um, And much like the US version of the store, that is, not of Ealing, um, it is a fairly small convenience store. It's your typical kind of Tesco, Metro, Sainsbury's local type um, store, a 7-Eleven, as they would call it in the US or or maybe Japan. Um, And it uses an array of cameras and sensors that track you as you walk around the store. I was told actually by someone at Amazon uh, in that store when I went to visit it that that, that, that particular one has about 100 uh, of those cameras and sensors in total. And so as you take stuff from a shelf and, and put it in a bag or in your pocket, it's automatically logged, including if you put it back on the shelf and then you just walk out. You know, there's no checkout. It's not even like that Sainsbury's one that we talked about a couple of years ago, if you remember, Ian, um, mm. where you go in and you scan the uh, the Sainsbury's, is it the Nectar Card app? You had to scan it. Yeah. And it was sort of technically cashierless and checkout free, but it still took longer than if there was just a, a self-service kiosk or something. This is literally, you load the Amazon app on your phone on your way in, you press a button, it brings this little QR code up. You scan it just the same as if you were going on some public transport with an Oyster card or or, or any NFC system. Uh, it lets you in. That's when the cameras log you are you. And then for the rest of the time, it's able to just follow you as you're going around the store. And it's really, it is quite disconcerting to just put stuff in your pocket or in a bag, as I did in this case, and just and just walk out. Um, 
Uh, but I have to say, and we'll, we'll come to opinions on Amazon in a sec, I'm sure there are lots of viewpoints here. Purely as far as the technology goes, it works extremely well. So I, I, I went, I went in. I did a little tour, walked around. I, uh, I picked a bag for sale. They were like a pound, one of the reusable uh, carrier bags. And I just went around and just picked a few things off off the shelf. Um, I picked, I took four cookies, freshly baked cookies, so they weren't pack, you know, pre-packed or anything. Three of them were chocolate chip. One of them was like a double chocolate chip because I thought, oh, maybe I can confuse it by taking two chocolate chip cookies at once with one hand, then going back for another one, then getting a chocolate one. I also wanted four cookies because it was for work. So diets don't apply, right? Um, <laughs> put those in my bag. I got some uh, polos because they were a t like a tiny little uh, tiny little packet. I thought, I wonder if it'll see that if I put my hand over it and, and take it away. Um, and then I got a drink and some uh, like a hot uh, sausage roll or something like a, a few bits and pieces it came to about 10 pounds and i was trying to trick it like i wasn't trying to steal the products as as much as i was just trying to experiment with the technology um and then i walked out and i got the bill um the next day so it didn't come immediately oh, that's quite it, lengthy yeah it came the next day but every item was spot on it had got the three cookies it had got the one extra chocolate chip it had got the polos it had got everything absolutely right um and from that side of things, I'm very impressed. And it definitely, definitely is faster than using a self-service checkout without question. Why do you question. think it took so long? Well, it uses machine learning, I'm told, to, to make its decision. And I do wonder, and I'm going to try and find this out, if there is any, say, if there's a confidence rating that the system has as to whether it thinks, okay, we definitely know with above 95% certainty that that particular person took these products. If there's any doubt, maybe it goes to a human who reviews the footage. And this does open a whole can of worms from a privacy standpoint. Um, and for what it's worth, I will not be shopping at this store in future because I don't think I need this kind of thing in my life. But I, I do wonder if that's one of the ways it, it, it deals with it. Um, but I had to say that the experience was was completely seamless. It is exactly as advertised. Um, and from that side of things, it's quite impressive. Well, I am interested in uh, in this from a like a technological point of view. And I, like you said, I mean, presumably part of the terms and conditions of going into the store is that you um, you agree to be videoed. I mean, presumably, once you've agreed to it, it won't let you in until you've agreed to the terms and conditions in the app. I, and that was a question I had for you, by the way. Do you? Yeah. Um, is it just the regular Amazon app? Does it automatically know when you're nearby and pop up a message or something? It, it well, it didn't say if it didn't pop up if I was nearby, but it is just the regular Amazon app. So I had to install it because I don't have it on. I didn't have it on my phone. In the <laughs> so, first so place. what do you do? Do you just do you just? Is there a place you go specifically in the app, or do you just? Uh, uh, yeah. scan a barcode as as you would you know using the app normally basically you just pull the app up and you press uh, a little button it's like a i think it's a checkout icon and then there's a, a, a line that says fresh code or amazon fresh code or something you press that and it just puts a qr code on the screen and you use that to scan uh, at the little entrance way and the door opens uh, and you go in and that's it so for, because i'm sure most people who shop at amazon and use it on their phone have probably got the app it's very seamless. It's not like the Sainsbury's one where you had to download oh. a separate app and log in and, and all that sort of stuff. It's right there on your app. There's no, I, I would I would genuinely say it is a, a two-tap process 
from opening the app to being able to go in which is pretty which is pretty good um a couple of other things to note about the store the first thing is that it is in every way a regular convenience store it sells anything that you can imagine ever wanting on the way home from work whether that's food whether that's kitchen items toilet paper a ready meal um drinks hot drinks coffees all that sort of stuff um i did notice that they sold kindles which is perhaps unsurprising but again i'd say very unsurprising but it's the same deal you just take it off the shelf and walk out which is just i just think psychologically raises a whole bunch of interesting questions um it also has alcohol where again you take the alcohol off the shelf and walk out however there is a person standing next to where the alcohol bit is and their job is to check your id to make sure you're over 18 um when you enter the area right so you can't steal your parents phone and use their app and walk out with booze no because... there is there is somebody standing next to that to to check your id i didn't notice right. at first because because this person that was a gentleman in in when I was there, I didn't notice because I just assumed it was just someone standing next to the wall. So I just walked in and started looking at the alcohol. But when I walked out, I did notice that uh, he had an Amazon badge on. So I asked him if, if that was his job. And he said, yes, I, for ID. So he just saw that I was over 18 when I walked in. Um, and that was and that was it. Um, so, I mean, it's it's interesting. It, I'm not a massive fan of amazon moving into the high street i think it's a lot of the feedback in fact on i'm on a video that i made for bloomberg uh and it's it went nuts it went kind of viral actually over the last couple of days i think at the last count it's had about 100 160,000 views and some of the comments underneath it are i mean it's it, it's predominantly along the topics of job security why is Amazon in the high street? Isn't it ironic how Amazon killed the high street and then when everything shut during COVID, it snapped up some cheap real estate to open a store? All things like that. And I think there's, they're nothing, all the... there's nothing ironic about that. That's Amazon's business model. It's always been Amazon's business model. That just seems to be the predominant, the, 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 the dominant theory. Well, what that... do people expect? They were the ones that made Amazon billion trillionaires. They are saying they're going to license this technology. Nick just pointed this out in Discord. And it's true. The technology is called Just Walk Out and it will make it available to other supermarkets. I don't think that is in any way a magnanimous thing or in any way trying to uh, see off anti-competition scrutiny ahead of anything. So I don't think that's central to this working amazon could very easily open a store with checkouts if it wanted to so i don't think it's it's central to that but i do imagine that there'll be a cost involved whether that's a financial one or a data one or a customer information one who knows but it is true it's not going to limit this just to its own stores um but i also think and john raises this i see in our chat as well i also think isn't it an interesting idea that during the pandemic, uh, people have got very used to ordering online, maybe people who didn't previously buy online and, and went to the store. And it is during that period that everyone has moved online that Amazon chose this moment to go into the brick and mortar world of retail for 
for groceries. I don't I don't I don't think there's any surprise at all in the way that Amazon operates. It's the same model that all um massive American companies operate under in that you know they'll undercut everyone until they're the biggest and everyone else has sort of gone out of business and then they'll increase their prices to whatever they want and we won't be able to do a thing about it. We've always known this was coming. It's not Well, we can do something about it. You just don't shop at Amazon if you don't. Yeah, well that's it. right, but realistically is that going to be a thing? Yeah, I think people will. I mean, people, yes, people might, but they're still going to go where it's cheapest, aren't they? For one thing, they might not have any choice. You know, if they don't have a lot of money and Amazon is the cheapest, then they're going to go with Amazon, aren't they? The, pro- the problem is that, you know, I mean, Amazon is so big now, it could basically afford to do whatever it wants anywhere. Um, there's very little we can do to stop them. Afford, afford to do what they want and being allowed to because of anti-competition and regulatory concern are definitely two different things. You know, we have good regulation in this country for for competition. Um, at least, at least we have active regulation for it. Um, I don't want to get too much into tax, but no, but we, but it's a really important point, and you can't you can't ignore the taxation issue when that's a huge part of their business model. Like all of this, all of it is down to the fact that Amazon doesn't really pay tax. Not not at the rate it should, at least. Neither does Facebook. Neither, you know, most companies don't pay tax at what I would consider to be the fair rate. Um, and and you know, and smaller businesses are getting squeezed even even harder because corporation tax will go up. If you were a business, uh, they just announced this in the budget. If you're a business that makes more than fifty grand a year, uh, I think it's fifty grand, something like that. Your 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 corporation tax rate is going to go up. But Amazon won't be paying. 25% corporation tax. I get, I absolutely guarantee you that. So, you know, if we want to do something about this, then making Amazon pay tax would be the really really the cornerstone of starting and not letting them run it out of Luxembourg would be you know, tip top. If you have a view on Amazon or the cashless store, have you been um any views on that? Of course, welcome. UK Tech Show at iCloud.com is where you can send those opinions or send them to us on the Twitters at text message pod. Nate, do you watch any Amazon Prime TV? Um, I watched the Grand Tour. Okay. Have you watched anything recently? I watched the Grand Tour quite recently. Well, you need to have seen basically... Well, yeah. So basically, I, I was on Twitter moaning about this, but they've started to put pre-roll ads before everything. So if you're watching a series, one episode after the other, you get a pre-roll ad for another Amazon show every time you get to the end of one and start a new one. I mean, that makes me want to throw things out of a window. Yeah, if, it makes me I want to throw it. things out of a window too. I will be writing about it next week. I, ah. I, I hope someone from Amazon's listening and uh, can activate the PR team because... I know for a fact people from Amazon do listen to this. Oh, well, then I'd love uh, if they hear this before I've written the, uh, <laughs> the, the article. Perhaps when, are you write, when are you writing it? Because I, 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 I scan your bio on T3 when I do the show notes to make I've sure. Got, um, I've, got, I've got a Facebook piece coming um, ah. that, I've been, that I've been working on. I, mean, it's, I wouldn't have said it's a deep expose or anything like that, but I have... I have sought quotations from them and tried to do the best job I possibly can with it because I've, I feel like it's an important issue. And and, and the same with Amazon. I'll, I will ask them about this. But um, this is much less of a, a serious issue, but it is really annoying and I have had enough of it. 
Um, I didn't realise it happened on Apple TV Plus. Actually, that's um, that's weird. I, I just... have I have seen I, I've seen that for Apple TV Plus, and it's bizarre, isn't it? It's like convince me to want to watch something, and then once I've said okay, fine, I'll watch this. Try and convince say, you to watch something else. How, how about you watch something else then? Like, yeah, what do you it, want? It's like it's, a petulant it, little child that doesn't know what sweets to choose. It's really annoying, and and I mean, I I do find it irritating. But Amazon sort of positions itself as sort of Prime Video is kind of like a freebie, isn't it? Um, it, it doesn't really feel like you're paying for it because you're paying for Prime anyway. Although I would say I don't use Prime that often, so realistically, what I'm paying for is video, um, and that's why I don't cancel it because I could otherwise I could just subscribe again when I felt like ordering something, couldn't I? Um, mm. But you know, it. it, 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 it couldn't have had a conversation about Amazon without me getting angry about that because it is really beginning to push my buttons. The Guardian wrote this week that BBC Three will return as a broadcast channel next year, five years after it was dropped because the corporation argued its young viewers had abandoned terrestrial viewing. Uh, BBC said the decision to bring the channel back, which will be in January uh, 2022, had been made in an attempt to woo back those younger audiences who had turned away from the output. And if you remember, it was probably about five years ago now, the BBC Trust said that getting rid of BBC Three as a broadcast channel was because they had evidence that young people basically watch stuff online and therefore what's the point in having a linear TV package that um, no one wanted to. And there was a lot of criticism. It was very heavily criticised at the at the time. There was a um, someone quoted in the Guardian story here, actually, Ash Atala, who um, produced uh, People Just Do Nothing, which was a BBC Three hit, and I think is MD of Rough Cut, which may have probably made that show actually produced it um he said in in 2014 that the decision to make bbc3 online only was as if quote a 60 year old man wearing a golf jumper just walked into a really good nightclub and turned the music off uh, which i thought was a great way of putting it and at the time at the time part of the reason was to save money and maybe it's worth us recapping a little bit of the history of bbc3's uh relationship with streaming because it has got a quite storied past it probably make quite a good subject for a bbc3 uh fly on the wall uh documentary uh could be i think um do you want to talk a bit about the history Ian? even further back than you're talking about here obviously bbc3 i i want to say bbc3 was the original digital channel that they launched because it was originally called bbc choice yeah um and um obviously the idea of that was to you know, you make use of the digital spectrum that they'd come across and, and to make, you know, to take advantage of the fact they had now more space than they previously had for channels because in the analog era, there was only space for five. I mean, yeah, five. Um, but, but with digital, of course, they could fit hundreds of channels on at ultra low bit rates, uh, making it quite annoying to watch. So yeah, they so, that, so then after, you know, after things went digital, they launched BBC Four and changed choice to three. Uh, and obviously have a 24-hour news channel, which was not a thing. Um, well, it wasn't a thing in the UK. Obviously, it was a thing internationally because, you know, BBC World News has existed for a long time. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, it was it was just part of the, that rush to be digital. And of course, that's somewhat pre-streaming. Uh, I mean, you could watch things on the internet 
before this, but they're not in particularly good quality. BBC Three, it's worth pointing out, has spawned some extremely popular shows. Gavin and Stacey was a BBC Three. Fleabag was BBC Three. Uh, this Country, Torchwood, um, People Just Do Nothing. Like it's 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 got an amazing hit rate. Um, yeah. and of shows that are of international appeal which isn't always the case even for stuff on BBC One um, but BBC Three's got a great track record and it was Tony Hall then Director General oh, yeah. is he still Director General or has he left now? No I think he's gone hasn't he? Yeah I thought so uh, anyway announced in March 2014 that the channel was going to be moved from Terrestrial to iPlayer, but it also had its budget slashed massively, well over half. It was like eighty-five million down to about twenty-five million pounds uh, a year, and that was he justified it as being a financially necessary cost-cutting move because the you know BBC needed to save a load of money, um, and and it still raises the question of okay, well if if BBC Three needs more money and can come back to Terrestrial, there's still a finite budget that the BBC has to operate. Uh, within so is something else up for the chop because bbc3 is now back in um in in the bbc's good graces i mean bbc4 has always been rumored to be um kind of a a risk of being yeah but bbc4 is the most bbc thing the bbc does it's the best it's the best so getting rid of bbc4 would be a mistake a massive one um I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the cost of running the channel is, realistically. Um, I mean, bearing in mind it's a it's a frequency share with BBC, you know, BBC4 and BBC3 both shared um, spectrum with uh, CBBS and CBBC. So the kids' channels run till seven, and then the adults' channels take over the spectrum. So there's not a it's probably not a massive amount of cost. There'll be some extra transmission costs, I guess, in terms of, you know, having to run a separate channel probably involves some element of separate hardware. Although I don't even know if that's true because in this day, everything comes off a server anyway. So realistically, what what's the cost of putting a few extra files on a server and telling it where to go at what time? It, it's probably negligible. Um, I think that the problem is you have to fill all that schedule with original programming, which is quite expensive. And then you have to have people um much far far greater numbers of people involved in the commissioning and the and of course as soon as it becomes a tv channel not a streaming channel it then is inherently something that is that generates more interest in management terms like you could be you could run a streaming channel quite easily and say you know i'll just do what you want doesn't matter you know it's streaming uh, whereas a, a TV channel is a TV channel. And while actual the actual reality is that those two things are identical, uh, it still just is different. It, 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 it will just have a different opinion held about it. It's like the fact that newspapers are still a thing. There's no reason for newspapers to be a thing. There's no reason to print out news on trees. You know, that, that could be delivered just as easily online. It's just the fact that that's how I would I would I would I I would have to argue that there is an amazing set of reasons to print news well, on trees. Yes. Not exclusively. No, but 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 what does a what does a tree printed out thing get you that a a tablet and a subscription to the Guardian doesn't? Accusations that it's too expensive or it's limited to the elites. Um 
that distribution can't be as wide, accountability is not as good because you can't physically go back and delete a piece of printed paper. Uh, it's harder to archive um, in well, in libraries. You know, there are a thousand reasons to still print it on trees. I'm not saying it should only be printed on trees. No, no. And I mean, it's a bit of a silly argument, isn't it? But I mean, like, do, do you think that every newspaper ever printed has been successfully archived? I don't think every single one, but I think certainly of the of the the mainstream tabloids and broadsheets yeah they all get archived in the british library they add miles of shelving every single year yeah they do uh, yeah definitely i mean yeah that definitely is a thing but you could see it going wrong uh but yeah all right i mean fair enough but i feel i feel sort of much like a, a badly lined up piece of live streaming video we have drifted a little bit here yes um so let's just conclude that BBC Three is moving back to terrestrial at a point that people are still increasingly enjoying non-linear streaming services. So it won't surprise me if in a year or two years time we have this conversation again <laughs> about how it's moving online only because no one's watching it again. Maybe they should launch it in 4K and it should be the 4K channel. Um, and then just be like BBC HD was back in the day, and then it can simulcast anything that's on BBC One, Two, or Four that happens to be in 4K, and the rest of the time its schedule is its own to fill with, uh, you know, relevant youth programming. If you have an opinion on the aforementioned, do send us a message, UKTechShow at iCloud.com. Um, if you live in a newspaper archive, how many newspapers have you seen? interned at said archive. Let us know. You're used to hearing the smooth, velvet sound of Nate's voice drizzled over your ears like a warm eardrum syrup, topped off with the freshly squeezed citrus tang of an Ian Morris opinion. Supporters of the show at patreon.com forward slash UK tech enjoy second helpings every week. So pull up a chair find your nearest spoon and tuck into a sumptuous extra helping with no commitment if you have any allergies please inform a waiter I think it's time to hear what's been happening in the wider world of tech over the last week or so because Tom Merritt has been keeping us abreast while I've been, well, just not doing a podcast. Here's Tom. This week on Daily Tech News Show, a laser can generate random numbers faster, which is great for cryptography. Microsoft Ignite happens, and Microsoft announces a play to become the platform for mixed reality headsets. Google announces plans to replace third-party cookies with something called cohorts, so targeting you as a group of like-minded people. It's got good and bad things about it. Kings of Leon release an album as a non-fungible token, very 2021 of them, and Twitter might have an undo send option soon. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Should we start doing non-fungible tokens for the podcast? That was what we were talking about earlier. That's what it is. That's the thing that you said with us selling the tweet. That's the non-fungible thing. I know thing. it is. It's just that we weren't recording at that point, and now we are. So I'm raising it like a, like a yeast. Oh. 
Well, no, we were recording. Well, I was recording anyway. I'm pretty sure I was recording. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's one way of getting money. Would anyone buy an episode of his show? I think that's an interesting idea. Shall we sell an episode of the show? No, I have no interest in, in doing that, nor do I want to have a Substack. nor do I use Clubhouse. Um, if you have opinions that are different to those, then do let us know. Um, UK Tech Show at iCloud.com is where you can send your messages. Thank you, Tom, for sending us a promo. Also, on the Patreon version of the show this week, we had a deep and, may I say, fascinating discussion about, um, uh, well, I suppose how strange I am for getting to the end of each billing period of my 4G contract and trying to use up all the data in any way possible so I feel like I've got my money's worth. Apparently, that's quite odd. Um, but if you want to hear that discussion, that's available to you by going to patreon.com forward slash UK tech and becoming a member. And thank you to all those who either do or will do. Ian, um, you look as beautiful as ever in this video version. Thanks. Um, uh, it's lovely to see your... I'm not wild about smiling it. ...smiling face. Are you wearing trousers? Because I can't see them. Good Lord, he is. Yes. He is. But it's winter. It is. Why wouldn't I be wearing trousers in the winter? Uh, it's a good point. And um, I'm going to celebrate not wearing trousers by turning off the podcast and getting dressed. Toodle pip, everybody. 